Welcome to Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. My name is Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. And my name is Nikki Hoffman, a physician assistant turned real estate agent on the Icon Real Estate team. Mark and I are excited to share everything that we love about Winchester, Virginia with you. We want you to be an informed, savvy real estate consumer in today's ever-changing market. Absolutely. If you want local knowledge, you have come to the right place. And that key word today is knowledge. Yes. Let me tell you. So we always in our podcast are attempting to bring the community together, share information about what's happening in Winchester, but also our world is real estate, so mm-hmm. we want to continually come back to the industry and learn things about what's going on. I mean, Nikki, do you know what the price of your house is worth? I mean, you don't have to give a number. Do you think you know what it's worth? Oh, I, I mean, I think I could come up with a number pretty easily. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, just based on seeing what things are kind of taking a guess. In the market. Yeah. Um, and and in you live in a neighborhood, right? Yeah, I do live in a neighborhood. So but you can I mean, easily evaluate kind of maybe just seeing, okay, I mean, that's... But how do you take the personal, I mean, you know, again, I think my house is worth X amount because I did this to it and I that did this to so it. That is so true. There is, I mean, you, know. you can get so personal mm-hmm. in your house. Yeah. To take, take pride in it. Right. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. But then almost over the top pride mm-hmm. when you're trying to say what you think it's worth. Right. Yes. I, mean, I know you're doing a kitchen renovation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's probably a pretty hefty penny to, to renovate a full kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, you know, you want to think that that's added value to your home, but I, I'm, sh- you know, who knows? Is it dollar for dollar <laughs> added value? I, I'm not uh, sure it's dollar for dollar. <laughs> it, you know what? But we'll find out because mm-hmm. we have an incredible guest on our show today Yeah. where we get a chance to hear the behind the scenes dirt of what goes on to evaluate the price of a house. Right. And the word is the, an appraiser. Yeah. And I, I feel like the people are confused. Definitely. I feel like even even now, especially getting confused with the appraised value, the assessed value, you know, uh, these different yeah. these different words that sound similar and it's, an you inspection. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even those two words appraise and assess. Mm-hmm. I mean, just we can we we can touch on that, but a, an assessment is where the city or the county is mm-hmm. evaluating the price of the house so they can tax you. Right. Yeah. And, and they will tax you based off of that number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not very specific. Mm-hmm. And they never get it right. <laughs> I mean, true. the They're way that the market behind, is going yeah. right now and how it's increasing in value, mm-hmm. the city or the county is probably staring around, oh my goodness, we're not getting our due money because mm-hmm. the value is houses. So they're going to be two or three years behind the curve mm-hmm. of evaluating the price of the house. Now when right. the market goes downhill, mm-hmm. oh. then us homeowners are screaming and hollering mm-hmm. saying hey, come back hey, i'm paying too much for my taxes mm-hmm. that's assessment yeah appraiser is totally different right where they're going to evaluate the price of the house in order to get that house sold mm-hmm. in order to find out where the value is for that loan right we are going to hear from an impressive appraiser mm-hmm. who is going to share the details of it yeah. so Let's we interviewed it. william orth he is a local appraiser and you get to hear all about his business. Here you go. Well, we are here now with local appraiser, William Orth. How are you, William? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. You know, and the the conversation is going to be about appraisers today. You are an appraiser. Yes? Yes. 
Give us a little bit of history about who you are and how you got into the appraisal business. Sure. Um, so for me, I've basically been in two different um, industries. Um, I got into the real estate field initially as a marketing coordinator, for lack of a better word, um, for one of the larger real estate firms here in town back uh-huh. in 2001. Okay. Um, and when the boom happened in the early 2000s, I transitioned from that company uh, into my parents' um, real estate empire at the time. Your parents have a real estate empire? Well, they did at the time. Okay. I say at the time. Okay. Um, my parents were doing rentals and construction and renovations and appraisals and just kind of were doing everything at, at that point. Myself, my brother, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, we all worked for the family wow. business. Wow, family business. Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad actually has been an appraiser. I'll probably get the year wrong, and so my mom will let me know later. Yeah. But I believe it's like 1974, 1979, something like that. Cool. So over 40 years. Wow. Um, so a lot of people get us confused also because mm-hmm. his initials are WF Orth, and I'm also WF Orth. <laughs> so he gets work for me. I get work for him all the time. Is he still working now? He is. Okay. He primarily is a commercial appraiser. Okay. And I am a residential appraiser. Okay. Which we can get kind of into the differences yeah. of that. Yeah, in a definitely. <laughs> Part of the conversation is yeah, first of all, I want to get to know you, but I feel that appraisers in this world, in this industry, are a little maybe misunderstood. And so that's part of the conversation of how, how we're going to unpack what an appraiser does here today. Yeah. But talk me through what is the process to become an appraiser? Sure. Maybe, maybe we, let's even back up, define what is an appraiser. Yeah. Sure. So a real estate appraiser is someone who evaluates a home um, and provides evaluation of that home. Um, there's multiple approaches that one can use for that, but they're basically saying, here's this house, it's worth $250,000. Okay. Um, and it's mainly confused with a home inspector. Mm-hmm. I mostly will get to one of my inspections. I still call it an inspection. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I'll be done in 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 if it's a bigger home. Oh, wow. And they're like, you're done? And I'm like, yeah, I said, this part's really easy. The rest of the work is is at home. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends is a home inspector. I believe you had him on here a couple of weeks ago, Ben Moorhead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, another plug for him. Yes. Sure. Um, and so I tell people, basically, I'm the exact opposite of a home inspector. Okay. I'm at your home 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I go home and prepare my report okay. for about four to six hours. Oh, okay. Versus the home inspector who's in your home for about four to six hours mm-hmm. and spends about 15, 20 minutes finishing their report. Yeah. So, so it's what, it's the opposite. What kind of information in that 15 to 30 minutes are, what are you looking at when you go into a home then? So basically what I'm doing is photographing the outside and the inside of your home. Okay. Um, different types of loan products require different types of photos, but I basically do the same for everything. So I'm okay. taking a left front and a right view from the front and the back of your home so that the lender can see all sides of your home. Okay. And then it's every finished and unfinished interior room. Um, just a quick picture, basically also for me, so I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Is it drywall? Is it wood? Is it panel? Is it carpeting? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly I'm taking notes on all of that. Sure. But if I forget something or miss something, then I have a photographic evidence. Got it. Um, 
And then the other main thing is I'm drawing a sketch of your home. Um, so I draw the outside of it. I measure it, mm-hmm. um, all all levels. So if it's you know, three, four levels, you're drawing a sketch of each one, mm-hmm. and then any attached amenity, um, like a deck, a porch, a patio. Okay. Um, and then any additional structure that might add value: mm-hmm. a shed, a barn, a detached garage. Um, you photograph, sketch, that too. Okay. and interior and exterior of all okay. of that. And you can do all that in about 15, 20 minutes in somebody's house. Just pop in, pop out. Pretty, pretty. I'm pretty quick. That's Got amazing. It. Efficient at it. That is efficient. I mean, obviously, the yep. bigger the house, sure. the the longer you'll yeah. be there. Um, but that's kind of an average. I just came from an inspection for here. Uh-huh. Um, it is was a USDA inspection, so those take a little bit longer. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it was one level. I was in and out in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, we can definitely get into the weeds of that. And yeah. uh, several episodes ago, we had a lender on here, Marlon Beitzel. Yeah. And so you partner with these lenders, right. correct? Walk me through kind of how you get your business. Sure. So I would say 80 to 90% of my business comes directly from lenders. So anyone who is purchasing a home from a real estate agent is if they are not paying cash, mm-hmm. they're getting a loan. And right. that loan has to be has to have an appraisal attached to yeah. it. Um, but I don't work with realtors or with the actual borrower. I'm employed by the lender. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, when I, after I'd finished my training and gotten licensed, I broke off on my own, um, started my own business and basically sent marketing letters to every mortgage lender and bank that I knew in the area that I had already worked with during my apprenticeship. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, for the counties that I serviced, I just went on Google and said, top lender in Shenandoah County, top Mm -hmm. bank in Martinsburg, West Virginia, and blanketed them. So your marketing was very short. Very short. Because all you needed was just to get in the door with a couple of people. With a few different lenders Mm -hmm. who then give you business yes and i find the the, your model fascinating Mm -hmm. you basically work for yourself is Mm -hmm. that correct correct and you control your own your own hours yes how how then do you manage your time and and what do you do on a day in and day out basis to where you're making a living and you still have free time because like a real estate agent like nikki and us we (laughs) We can work until we're blue in the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go 20, 22 hours a day and feel the work is never done. Mm-hmm. How does that how does that time management work out for you and your work model for being an appraiser? Yeah, so I'm still working on the work-life balance because as a self-employed person, you can almost be your own worst enemy yeah. and work until mm-hmm. your fingers fall off. Yep. Um, my working model is drastically different than both my father and my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. So my brother-in-law and my dad are both appraisers, mm-hmm. kind of a family thing. Sure. Um, but we all work for ourselves because it's an independent. There were appraising firms mm-hmm. before the crash, if you will, mm-hmm. um, but those have gone by the wayside. So pretty much every appraiser is now an independent entity. Is that illegal or just not done? It's not illegal it's just kind of not done frowned upon um, yeah because yeah. okay. there's now rules of how mortgage lenders provide appraisers and it has to be in a rotation mm-hmm. so you'd have to register every appraiser in your firm and it's just it's not okay. worth it got it um so back to the question yeah. of what does a general day look like for yeah. me so for me i want to do basically one house a day so i wake up in the morning and i prepare the legal portion of 
that house's report. Mm -hmm. So when I receive an order, I've already pulled plats and legal descriptions and all that kind of thing. So basically my morning starts with putting all of that into the report and getting as much of it done as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, If the house is listed, if it's not a refinance, then I have pretty much 90% of the information. Realtors provided photos. I can go in and look at everything and say, Mm. here's the finishes. Really all I have to do is draw a sketch. Okay. And then when I go to my inspection, I usually, they're usually in the mornings, about nine o'clock. Um, I'm an early bird. I know, Mark, you don't like it. Mornings are challenging <laughs> for me. I'm an early Absolutely. bird, too. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So I go inspect. Um, plus, in the summertime, you beat the heat. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. good point. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then after my inspection, I go home and I fin- uh, draw the sketch, finalize the report, and then the hard work is finding the comps. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, so we do comps for comparable sales. Okay. So the same way we would for like a listing presentation? That's a very interesting thought because what the real estate agent does is a little miniature version Mm -hmm. of what an appraiser does Mm -hmm. in order to give a a price evaluation to sell a house. Sure. Much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. And I would would always admit appraisers are the real deal Mm -hmm. because they have much better criteria of how to judge a price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as an agent, we're going to do the same thing for you. Right. And, and so I'm curious and sometimes you say you do this after the fact mm-hmm. so you don't do any preliminary research before you go to the house I would say 90% of appra- 99% of appraisers do no preliminary research because hmm. you don't want to know the price of the house or the listing price I already know the listing okay. price I've already seen it sure. I've already known the contract I've already seen that okay. but not running comps from no. the, what are the what are the top three or four houses that are similar Correct. you do that after the fact because here's the thing so many times I've gone to the house, if I have done preliminary work, it's uh-huh. going to bite me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because I'll get there and I'll be like, hmm, didn't see that in the listing. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't see that second kitchen in the basement. Mm-hmm. Or didn't see that sunroom addition. Or didn't see that in-law suite. Or no one mentioned a three-car detached garage. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've already completed the job, quote-unquote... Mm-hmm then you're going to have to redo it all. Mm-hmm. So more work for yourself. pretty much mm-hmm. no one does anything before they go mm-hmm. just on the off chance that you've missed something. Yeah. Sure. Um, Makes sense. So here comes the very interesting question mm-hmm. because all of our listeners are going to be clients or buyers or sellers of a house at some point in time in their life if they haven't done it yet. They typically are not going to see you. They're not right. going to see an appraiser. They might let you in the door of their home. But your work is just simply a big document, pieces mm-hmm. of paper that show what the house true value is. Correct. How do you get to that mm-hmm. number? Because <laughs> there, there is going to be always opinions mm-hmm. and then you have us agents who are attempting to do your job Correct. before you show up in the house. <laughs> Correct. And your number is the real number that sticks. Right. And it potentially causes controversy sometimes sure. because if the value that you give does not meet the sales price that mm-hmm. I've gotten from my buyer, we're going to be all upset at the appraiser. Yes. So walk us through this process of what, how you look at seeing a sunroom or a deck sure. or the stats of a house and come up with a magic number. Well, first and foremost, I do tell people it isn't the opinion of market value. At the bottom of our report, that's Mm -hmm. literally what it says, opinion of market value. So you Mm -hmm. are paying for my opinion. Um, So it's not the cold, hard, facting truth. Mm -hmm. Um, But for that loan, it is. But for that loan, it is. Absolutely. Um, And here's the reason. Uh, You could have two or three different appraisers go to that 
and we could pick different comps mm -hmm. and we could have a different value. Right. Now, it should be really close to one another. Right. But there's not a mathematical formula of this is how you do an appraisal. Yeah. There's a form that we fill out. There's criteria that we all meet, but it's it's what we like to refer to as an artistic science. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so you're, you're an artist. Yes. By okay. nature, it has yes. to be subjective because right. you all have your own opinions. You yes. know? I mean, you're going with probably guidelines, mm -hmm. but like, everyone's their own. Right. And everyone might adjust slightly different for a one car garage versus a two car sure. garage or okay. all right so now you're getting technical details sure. i gotta cut you off what does adjust mean adjust so <laughs> a real uh, an appraiser has to provide a monetary adjustment i don't know a better word for that okay yeah. um to anything that's not the same as your house mm -hmm. so mark i'm going to use your house because i've been yes um so your house does not have a front porch. Right. So if I used another house on the street that you live on as a comp and it had a front porch, I would need to say, what is that person's front porch worth? Mm -hmm. Because Mark doesn't have a front porch. And then my house gets a negative Subtract. value. Right. You're going to subtract right. some sort of dollar amount that you arbitrarily assign? Or is there just a, a template? of what front porch values are worth. So there's not really a template. The only template that we have is for cost. Mm -hmm. um, we do have to provide a cost approach to reproduce your home. Mm -hmm. Similar to what an insurance adjuster does, but ours are market depreciated and theirs are generally not. Mm -hmm. um, but what something costs is not what something someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah, sure. Sometimes someone's willing to pay more for something than it costs. Mm -hmm. Most of the time they're not. So mm -hmm. um, one of the things that people get uh, frustrated with is I just spent $10,000 building that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's not worth $10,000 to someone else. <laughs> right. Um, it is to that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you were asking earlier, you know, what some of the people... Um, ask or misconceptions yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions is cost does not always translate to full market value. okay so okay as an appraiser then i guess opinion wise then do you have feelings on um certain types of remodels or things like that being worth kitchens more and baths. worthwhile yeah always okay. kitchens and baths. sure okay the age-old truth yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean i think everyone that's, in yeah. real estate can right. can agree with that okay um but getting back to some of the, the the adjustment question um so lenders there are guidelines fannie mae and freddie mac have guidelines of mm -hmm. what an appraiser needs to do and meet and how much you can adjust for something and how much one line can be or the total lines and mm -hmm. so forth so we have a lot of things we have to, to work within. Um, one of the other big terms is bracketing. Okay. So an appraiser needs to try to bracket as many things as possible. So one of the things we try to bracket is square footage. Um, so if you have a thousand square foot home, we want something smaller, 900, and we want something 1100 mm -hmm. um, so that we can show you're in a range. Mm -hmm. Same thing with uh, lot size or acreage. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have five acres, we want something that's four and we want something that's six. Um, there are times where we reach out to, to real estate agents mm -hmm. and say, hey, what did you use um, to comp this? Right. Um, especially given today's current market. Um, 
And when we do that, we're kind of looking for, hey, did we miss something? Okay. Did you mm-hmm. find something unique that... So I love it. So I'm hearing words of adjustment. So there's yeah. the positives and the negatives yeah. of prices. There's bracketing that is essentially kind of giving a range of a higher and lower, not price point, but square footage wise, you use that as mm-hmm. an example. Right. And, and so how does that relate to houses that might not have a lot of quote unquote comps? when you know that it might be in the far western part of frederick county or there could be somewhere you know not in a neighborhood setting or very old farmhouse that Mm -hmm. there hasn't been an old farmhouse that's sold in the last couple years Mm -hmm. what's your range of how you search those comps and how many do you have to have how many comps do you need in order to for to be an official appraisal yeah so subdivisions are always obviously the easiest and yeah. the best mm-hmm. because they've got the most comps. Mm-hmm. But when you're outside of those norms, um, so I cover 11 counties, um, wow. six in Virginia and five in West Virginia. So some of the more remote areas, there's no subdivisions. So you're really looking for what's about unique about this house. So you okay. said Western Frederick County. Sure. So I'm going to go with um, something that's on a, a larger lot, mm-hmm. and you said an older home. Yeah. So combine old home, Western old Frederick home, County, Western Frederick County on twenty acres. Twenty acres. <laughs> so my challenge then is I can't find another old home on twenty acres mm-hmm. in Western Frederick County. Okay, what can I find? Right. Can I find twenty acres? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I will search for a, a sale. And I'm not using the word comp, but I'm looking yeah. for a sale that sure. has twenty acres. And then I'll say, what does that house adjust mm. to say, this is what my, this is my best lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to say, okay, now I'm looking for an old home. Let's say it was 1800. So is there another 1800 um, year built home in Western Frederick County? Now that one might only be on one acre. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so now I've already established what my lot value is. So with you have the to other adjust one. for the lot. So I'm going to adjust for the lot, but the house is better. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of the third one is just whatever I can find. So your question of how many? How many? A yeah. minimum of three. Okay. okay. We're required to have a minimum of three sales. And they all have to be sold houses. They do have sold to all comps. be sold comps. We oh. are able to add listings. Um as additional information, mm-hmm. but we can't add any weight to that. And I can say, as an, as a realtor who does listing presentations, that is something that's a hard mm-hmm. go-to for me to tell and explain to a client. I don't care what your neighbor is listing their house for right, right. now. They can get very greedy, or they can mm-hmm. also really be lowballing themselves. What I care about is what is sold, right. and that's the true market value. So we look at history to prove present. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So but that turns the page to the, the conversation of today's current market. Yeah. You, you referenced that. We've had conversations on these podcasts before where, you know, the market is quote unquote crazy. Dave Spence was our first interview and he's saying how it's a hot market. I'm almost getting the sense that things are slowing down right now. Mm-hmm. Summer is, is hitting us and maybe people are on vacations and houses aren't selling as quick. But we still have this trend of people are... Uh, having multiple offers, mm-hmm. they're spending more than list price. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that as an appraiser. So when you see a, a hot market right now where the trends are increasing and you don't have the comps, what does that do for our current market today? And, and what's your overall assessment of where we are as, as a market here in the Winchester area? I, I do think it still is a, a warm market. I don't okay. know that I would say. I agree with that. I don't know yeah. that I would say yes. hot. I think right. the summer was 
temperature hot and real estate market hot. <laughs> um, but some of the, I'll use your term, crazy things yeah. um, that I saw in some of the contracts, I'm not seeing as much right. of. Um, you're not seeing some of the high escalations, mm-hmm. waving of everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit with fall approaching. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so when you're using comps that sold three months ago and the market has changed dramatically in three months even, mm-hmm. which that's not normal. Right. It, you, what are you taking into consideration to not assist the right. sale, but still be fair? So what I've been doing since the market is drastically changing quarter by quarter, if mm-hmm. you will, um, attempt to get as close to the date of sale as possible. Okay. So if I just appraise something today, I would love a comp that's been since May or June, mm-hmm. July. Um, August would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, not always happen. Right. Yeah. You know, so the, the, the earliest date of sale is possible. If I can't, or I find, a, or I find maybe one or two, and I have a third one that maybe sold six months ago. Mm-hmm. We we have to say how we're weighting okay. each one of the comps that we okay. use. So for, for having three comps, let's say I had two within the last quarter, so the last 90 days. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was six months, maybe nine months old. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll say, well, the two comps that are sold within the last quarter, I'm going to give each of those, let's say, 40% weight. And then I'm going to give that third comp 20% weight because of its date of sale. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just using date of sale right now mm-hmm. as my criteria. Sure. Right. But there are other reasons to weight something different. If okay. you have a pool or if you, you know, if I could only find one comp with 20 acres and everything else had five, mm-hmm. you know, so we apply a weight to it. Where that weight comes from is kind of that's still kind of up to is the subjective, but it's and, neat to know that you can still give an adjustment or a weight or right. a weight for the time period. Well, and well. we can oh. also do what's called a time adjustment, okay, mm-hmm. which is a little challenging but doable, especially in these kind of markets. Mm-hmm. So, I have seen where people bought a house a year ago and then sold it. So, if you can mm-hmm. see that sale where nothing else has happened, there's been no renovation, no improvement you know, nothing big Mm -hmm. um, to warrant the increase, then you're able to just say that increase is due to the market. And so you can say there's been a 6% increase in nine months. So then I have an actual percentage that I can apply and say, all right, to all of these comps, I'm Mm -hmm. applying 3% based upon this uh, research that I've done. Yeah, yeah. So you can also do that. That's very deep. I I love it because here's the thing that Mm -hmm. is, that is what us as realtors or somebody who's buying or selling, they don't see. Mm-mm, they no. don't see these hours of work you're putting into it. And I, I just be honest, I want William Orth to appraise all of my houses <laughs> because of the level of care and depth and passion that you give it. And, and there's going to be times where it can be challenged. How, how do you see those challenges occur when mm-hmm. an agent or a lender comes to you and says, you kind of missed the mark. Go back and reevaluate. How do you approach that? Yeah. So first off, I mean, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Um, you, we can do a search. And if I'm searching for something specific mm-hmm. by clicking one box within the MLS system, which realtors use, um, I could eliminate something that might have been good, which is why I have a tendency to reach out to the realtor before I submit a job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially if I am potentially under 
the contract price and just say, hey, what did you use in pricing? Yep. And I'll be honest, a lot of times they'll show me something. I'm like, yes, I'm already using that. Or I didn't see that one. Okay. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, I definitely run into that sometimes in manufactured homes mm-hmm. because they're not always input correctly as mm-hmm. a manufactured home. So mm-hmm. I could miss miss that because I'm only looking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're basically talking about challenges. Right. Yeah. Ch- ch- sorry, I forgot my question. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> challenges to the appraised value so yeah it does happen especially if you're slightly under the contract price yeah or if someone's refinancing and they were like i thought my home was worth sixty thousand more than you thought it was worth so then i i basically always put it back on the lender or the client and say okay. give me give me something i didn't see so you will receive information from other people to help absolutely i requ- i request that okay it's um, not an ego thing be like no i'm too good to get help in my work for me personally, no. Good. <laughs> I have heard that others don't like uh, to be questioned. To be challenged. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's a possibility that it, if the instance happens where you get a, an appraisal that you don't want, it's a possibility to do that. Yes. I mean, just ballpark. What's the percentage that you've ever, over time, changed your values? It's very small because I don't yeah. get a lot of challenges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would say of the challenges, I probably have revised... It's under 50. Um, under 50 appraisals? Under 50%. Oh, under 50%. Under okay. 50%. Yeah. Mm. Um, because a lot of times what someone thinks is a comparable isn't a comparable. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're um, the expert. I sure. have I yeah. have an example story if you would like. Bring it. I, yes. I'm here for stories. Okay. So I, all of the details will be left out. Sure. But I did an appraisal for a home in Western Frederick County. It was a ranch style home. All of the comparable, quote unquote, comparables that were provided to me um, from either the seller or the seller's agent or the lender were two-story colonial homes mm. sold on the eastern side of the county, several with pools, several with finished basements. I see where the mm. story's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and but they were looking at the dollar amount. Okay. So they were saying this seller wanted this dollar amount. Here's all of the sales in that dollar amount range. If I searched that way, yeah. right. I would lose my license. Sure. Mm-hmm. I have to search by what type of home is it. Now, yeah. there's certainly you know, wiggle room with, with what I can do. I can yeah. use the colonial, yeah. but I wouldn't use a th- three-story finished home you know, against mm-hmm. a one-story finished home with an unfinished basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all part of understanding our market, understanding right. our community. Right. Part of our conversations here on our podcast is, is being community-based, uh, you know, very small-town, mm-hmm. tight-knit area. And you as an appraiser with 11 counties, you know the area more mm-hmm. than yeah. anyone. Well, and that is one of the biggest things for appraisers is we there's a statement within our report that states we're geographically competent. Mm. So. I'll get a lot of people that say, hey, will you come to an appraisal here or, or come to an appraisal here? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know that area. Right. Yeah. I know these 11 counties, mm-hmm. which is still a lot yeah, yeah. of counties. That's, sure. That's a lot. But I am geographically competent. I know those neighborhoods. I grew up in those neighborhoods. Right. I've driven mm-hmm. all of these neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know the area and the market. A yeah. lot of times people say, oh, I got such and such an appraiser out of, no, I'll just say Northern Virginia to not sure. pick on anybody specific. Sure. And they're like, oh, it came under value. And I'm like, they don't 
they don't know this area. They don't know Apple Pie Ridge. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they don't know gore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's always tough mm-hmm. is when, because there aren't a lot of appraisers. It's it's a tough industry to get into. Um, so sometimes when a lender doesn't want to wait for how long it might take for me, right now mm. I'm running four weeks. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, from date of order to oh date of goodness. completion. Um, and he has no downtime. No downtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when they don't want to wait, they'll go to somebody else who maybe is available uh-huh. that might be, you know, from the Northern Virginia area or from Maryland or from Pennsylvania. And that person. So we did hear from Marlon Beitzel yeah. Yeah. that, you know, that you can't handpick your appraiser. Right. It is kind of where does that come from on your side of things? Correct. Sounds like it gets bid out to a standpoint of like, what's your timing? What's your price? All that. Right. So after the crash, the governing bodies of appraisers and lenders had a bill go before the Senate, a lot of other stuff. I won't get into all that. They have created the rules now for lenders. They can't, like Marlon said, they can't handpick. Mm-hmm. They've also created these companies called appraisal management companies. They're AMCs. So a good number of lenders will use this third-party company that says, hey, here's the order that we have. You deal with the appraiser. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Other companies like Marlins don't use something like that, but they have to have a rotating list. Okay. So they can't say, all of my orders go to William Orth. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's some of my orders go to William, some of them go to Joe, some of them go to Frank. Mm -hmm. You know, here's our list of people, and it just goes through the cycle. But with that... You're also bidding, like you said. Yeah. So I'll get an order request, a bid request, and I'll say, do I want that? Do, the lender will say, here are my terms. Well, I'll say, great, you want that next week You know, for $500? I can't do that. I can do three weeks from now, $500 is fine. Mm-hmm. Or you know, if, if a home is really complex or far travel time, you might ask for a different fee or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're bidding it back to the lender, and then the lender says yes or no. Yeah. If they say no, it goes to the next person. It's such on a the fascinating list. business. I yeah. mean, we're getting all the behind-the-scenes yeah. details I that people do not know. This people stuff. do not know. This is an educational <laughs> yeah, podcast, for sure. You know, I, I do have a couple of final thoughts and sure. questions for you. A lot of where you're saying your business comes from is the lender, yes. right? Are there people who are able to contact you directly, yes. who are homeowners, and say? I don't trust my realtor. I want a professional appraisal and appraise value. So what does that look like for an individual going directly to you? So I would say 90 to 95% of my business does come from lenders or banks. Mm-hmm. The 5% that I typically get is from the individual. Um, typically it's word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, so-and-so, you just closed in your home. Did you like your valuation? What was your appraiser name? Um, primarily those are divorce cases. Hmm. or someone inherited a property um, and it's going into an estate, you have to establish a value for something um, at the time of, at the time of death. Mm -hmm. But then I do, I do every once in a while get the person who's like, Hey, I want to list my house. I want to know what it's worth. Right. So Hmm. I'm hiring you because you're the professional. Now I don't turn down work. (laughs) No, Um, charge them whatever you want, but they certainly would have to wait four weeks for that to come back. Yeah. But are they still going to get their well, no, the other, the buyer would be, the buyer would be so, getting another yeah, appraisal. So when yeah. someone calls, I do tell them that I said, well, this would just be for you. Yeah. So if you sold your home, your buyer would still need to get their sure. own appraisal. Uh-huh. And really 
in this market, yeah. I, I kind of discourage it. Yeah. I, I know yeah. that sounds yeah. horrible. For well, there's, I mean, but I tell them honest. I, said, I mean, if you're working with a good agent, come yeah. on, we're going to be able to, to crunch numbers pretty close to where you're going to end up. Right. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, that's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> however, and I tell people that. However, there are times where it is important. Unique here's, properties. Here's my short story. The house that I currently own, we had to do that. There was a a major just disagreement on what we thought the value of the house was. Mm -hmm. And we didn't come to terms with offers. It sat there for a couple more months. The seller at the time was attempting to convince me that his house was worth his price. Mm -hmm. He hired an appraiser. Hmm. And I said, "Um, no, no, no. I don't trust you and your appraiser. I'm going to hire my own appraiser (laughs) to then justify the price that I think it's worth. Mm. You know what? Both appraisers came back within a matter of fifteen hundred dollars of each other, and it was uh, amazing. And that's the way it should be. Shout out to appraisers who did that for us because it proved me more right than him. Yeah, and I like that. (laughs) Uh I did have to pay a little bit higher than where I was, but he came down significantly because we had two professional appraisers where the numbers came out, and it was perfect. That's nice. A a lot of times that I see that happening with listing, and I've gotten some realtors that have called me and say, "Hey, I've got a unique property." And so that's kind of where we see it. Mm. Um, something that's four stories, for instance. Yeah. There's not a lot of four-story no. homes sure. okay. in the Winchester, Frederick County. Sure. Or something with solar panels. Okay. Um, so, because that's kind of hard. Because it's like Mark said, you're looking at the same database that we are. Yep. And when you can't find something else similar, you kind of need to call in the expert. Yeah. So last thought, last question. And then I've got five iconic questions for you that I'll hit <laughs> Brace you with. yourself. Uh, but just if, for all of our listeners out there, you know, if there is you know anything that you, the appraiser, would want to communicate to the general public that can just help your industry, help your business, what would you want to share with them? Gosh, that's an interesting question. Big thoughts. Yeah, big thoughts. Deep thoughts. I would say we're really there to help you. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like the industry. Right. You know, what makes that person right? Or, or don't trust Don't the trust industry. them. They're yeah. trying to hurt my deal or help the seller or help the agent. Mm-hmm. We really are that third-party non-biased person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got no skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't get paid more or less if I hit your number or don't hit your number. I mm-hmm. hate to use that term. Yeah, no. Um, but true. we really are impartial. Um, so, yeah. Don't get mad at us. Don't get mad. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was that's perfect because I think that's where the takeaway with our yeah. conversation with Marlon was yeah. that you know you're, you're there to help the right. industry. You're there to yeah. help the sale. You're there to help people out, but you still have to be fair. Right. So you're being fair to the lender. You're being fair to the buyer. Being sure. fair to the seller. Right. Mm-hmm. And and unbiased as it is, yeah, you're right. You're not getting paid any extra. Mm-hmm. Me, the agent, cannot slip. William Worth no. a little hundred under the table and say, go give me the number. That mm-hmm. does not happen. We would right. both be in trouble. Be in very, very big, big trouble. trouble. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being here. Thank and you for I'm having me. I'm so really excited to learn more about what you do in this whole behind the scenes game yeah. <laughs> of loans and appraisers are huge. So here are your five iconic questions. Okay. Are you prepared? No. Okay. <laughs> You're in the hot seat now. Just off the top of your head, 20 seconds or less. Give us your quick answers. Number one, what is one of your favorite restaurants in town? 
Am I allowed to name the restaurant? Yeah, of yeah. course. The Village Square. You know what? That is the standard go-to. It's one of my answers. And I will say Water Street. Okay. Yeah. Same because ownership. Because Dan, I mean, you know, he's at both places. But Absolutely. Their food is phenomenal. It's yep. just phenomenal. Yep. Can't go wrong. What is something you love about your neighborhood? I don't live in a neighborhood. Oh. But I'll tell you what I love about my house. Okay. It is almost completely surrounded by trees. I can't see anything Beautiful. or hear anything. So no neighborhood. So no neighborhood. That's what you it's love about your. <laughs> That's what I love about it. There's awesome. no sidewalks or people. Excellent. <laughs> Question number three. Why is Winchester a great place to live? I actually like this question. So, and I have a story. So you said 20 no, seconds. No, go ahead. Give us a story. So, because there's familiarity here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my family, most of my family live here. I was born here. I you are a townie. So, I okay. am a townie. There you go. Mm-hmm. But just yesterday, I was getting internet service finally hooked up at my home that I bought in April. Mm-hmm. And I knew the installer. He went to school with my sister, graduated with her. And I, and I was just like... you. You don't get that yeah. in big towns. You're right. I mean, I get that here. Mm-hmm. I can't go two days without running into somebody that I know or somebody that I my sister knew or that I went to school with or that goes to my church. And I love that. Yeah. There's no place to hide in Winchester. Yeah. And I like that. That's a pro. I yeah. like that. Exactly. Where do you like to spend time with friends in Winchester? My friends that have pools, I like mm-hmm. to spend it at their pools. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I like I, that's not me. I don't have a pool, so yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, neither do I. I yeah. can't invite you over. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, the pools. Pools get me. Okay. So, last question. What is one of Winchester's hidden gems? Hidden gems? Yeah. So, I was born in the city. Okay. So, it is Winchester for me. So, the hidden gem for me is the hill behind Hanley. Oh. I just... Yeah. That view, mm-hmm. sunset, the fireworks at the 4th of July or Apple Blossom, like... That hill is just iconic for me. That's interesting. Oh, that's it is a great kind of, answer. It is kind of hidden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's great views of town. Mm-hmm. Great views. Beautiful. And if you haven't been, it's it's a nice flat spot. You can mm-hmm. overlook the backside of Hamlet. It's a great mm-hmm. place for a picnic. You know. Absolutely. Just, just get out there and let your mind go. Well, William Orth, you were amazing. Thanks Thank for you. being Thanks here. For and, you know, I think you were very educational mm-hmm. and we learned a lot. And now all of us cannot hate our appraisers. So <laughs> please stop. Thank you for that. Thank awesome. You. Wow, what an impressive education I feel like I just got on appraisers. He brought a lot of information um, on appraisals. And I've been in the business for a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, and the bracketing concept for me. Yeah. I mean, when you said that word, I'm like, all right, teach me something. Mm -hmm. Give me that word. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. I liked too, I mean, you know, that, you know, just the bracketing, the adjustments for the different items in the comparables that he's looking at, and even the timeframes of you know how far back and adjusting for market changes and yeah. things like that it's really there's a lot that's going into it's so it. much a different level than what you and i do as a realtor right. and i know that mm-hmm. and i trust that process sure but every now and then there's appraisers who you're like okay i yeah. i thought i did my research and mm-hmm. i thought i worked with my seller to figure out you know as we said in the beginning of the mm-hmm. show okay I take pride in my house and i think it's worth mm-hmm. four hundred thousand dollars and mm-hmm. no it's down to 325 now mm-hmm. These people, these appraisers who especially have been trained well, yeah. know the area, know the market, yeah. are going to give you a really spot on number. That was one thing I thought actually was really interesting too, just you know, having 
been a, a local person for so many years too that gives him knowledge just you know about these different areas mm-hmm. you know and obviously he's not just in neighborhoods he's all over 11, 11 counties, counties. can yes. you i can't imagine no, he's I putting don't. on some miles on his truck yeah no wonder he only wants to do one a day it makes sense and that's we could have gotten even deeper because he only shared his model of how he does his personal business mm-hmm. and that's that one a day right i mean i know other appraisers that go out and oh. they they spend the first couple days of the week doing what they call all the inspections oh, going and doing all of their travel mm-hmm. and then they spend the rest of the week doing in the, the office and doing all the paperwork that makes sense too so there's different methods yeah. different ways to do it and i mean one of the nice things about being your own boss i guess it's good and bad <laughs> do, yeah. i mean because yeah. you can see the money on the table and if a lender keeps giving you bid mm-hmm. job requests you can keep accepting them and then you're working until midnight every night. Well, it sounds like he's found a nice balance yeah. because he's certainly very busy, but also, you know, one a day is probably manageable and also gives him a nice yep. quality of life too. So and, and I can appreciate that. You can appreciate that. Uh-huh, yeah. for sure. And then if you're one of those homeowners that, you know, wants to go hire an appraiser for yourself, I mean, he'll probably give you a nice quote and say, I'll get it done in four weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I liked that he said, yeah, I would probably try to talk people out of that right now. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And you wouldn't have thought that. No. You, know, you think an no, appraiser yeah. would be like, yeah, give me that business. I'll yeah, go do that. But exactly. He doesn't have to market. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to ask him for a plug. We didn't <laughs> have to say, give us your website, Willie. Right. We didn't have to say, you know, yeah. what are you trying to sell us yeah. today? He's, he doesn't have an Instagram. He doesn't, he doesn't need <laughs> that. That we need to follow. Again, there's just this instant, you know, first couple of weeks of being an appraiser for him mm-hmm. of marketing. And once he's got his business, he's got all he needs. Yeah. So and it's then, a very interesting concept. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not going to interview many people that don't have something to plug. It's, that is so true. <laughs> so true nowadays. <laughs> So um, you have a, an icon agent brag this week, too, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. This is a really cool icon agent brag. We have 10 agents in our office, and one of the ones that came on early on in our company, um, her name is Anna Fox, and she came on because her husband runs a construction company, um, Fox Brothers, and he does great work. They also do property management, and she came on just with the intent of I kind of handle the family business and mm-hmm. maybe do some of the property management stuff and, and take some of that stuff for our own. Anna is killing it. Mm-hmm. She's, she ramped up her marketing game mm-hmm. and within a matter of t- just a little over two years has now sold $10 million of sales. Amazing. And for Icon, that is a promotion. Sure. And so this week we are Good celebrating yeah. and we're popping the champagne. That's I awesome. I don't think she drinks, but that's okay. okay. We'll pop it for her. Yeah, yeah. And and she is on fire. I I, I like I follow her on social media yep. and she does a really great job. She's actually one of the people that I look up to in regard to the, her marketing and social everything. media. So she is great. the queen of that. Yeah. And if you just look for the the crazy hair, if you find an agent with just big long dread hair, yeah. that, then that's you found her. the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you get a you get a combination of lots of different backgrounds of what she provides She's as well. Super knowledgeable. Yeah. I mean. So, you can ask her a, about a lot of different topics. Yep. So congratulations, Anna. You are killing it. Congrats, and that is Anna. a serious brag of mm-hmm. the week. So tell us, Nikki, about what the local events are. I know last week we talked about the, the Greek festival. Yes. Um, I did a drive-by in the rain, and uh-huh. I did not get a chance to get the food this year because okay. it was raining and I couldn't stop. Yeah. Tell us what's happening this week. Did you get a chance to... Well, did you go visit the Greek festival so last week? I didn't go, and, but... 
one of my neighbors did a drive-by, yep. got food, yep. and brought it back, and oh. we ate it. We ate it at home. So we didn't awesome. actually do the festival, but we ate the food, and it was amazing. Yep. No, when I drove by, it started rain, and I saw yeah. kids bouncing in the rain in the bounce house that they had there, yeah. and the tents were up, and people were staying dry. But yeah. Yep. So great. yeah, the food was amazing. I definitely would like to go if there's better weather and maybe someday when COVID- But it still looked pretty successful. Yes, what I saw. they definitely Absolutely. had a successful well, year. Tell us more about what's happening this week. Okay, so a couple of fun things. I saw that Winchester Brew Works uh, at 320 North Cameron Street. So next Tuesday um, at 5.30 p.m., they are doing a cupcake and beer pairing. And I was just like, I mean, how fun is that? Wow. I mean, okay. Why not? Little I like cupcakes. Mini cupcakes. I like beer. Beer. Yeah. Great combination. Yep. So the interesting thing is that it is actually sponsored by Heather Hovermail, who is actually the um, interim Commonwealth's attorney. Huh. And so she's running for office in November. Um, she's currently um, has been filling in for uh, Mr. Abrams, I believe, yeah. that retired. Uh-huh. So anyway, so it's sponsored by her. So you do have to pay um, for the cupcake and beer pairing, but there's free trivia afterwards, and it's like Winchester-based trivia. So I think it's going to be fun. Cool. I actually signed up to go. Awesome. I mean, me very, and a couple of friends are going to go Very small town, like, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the other thing, a little farther off, but put on your calendar, because, I mean, if the weather is nice, this should be really, really fun. Um, at the... Um, Museum of the Shenandoah Valley, there is going to be the Shenandoah Valley Wine and Music Festival on Sunday, September 5th. I love it when they do this. Yes. So it's, you know, one of those wine tastings. You get one of the glasses to take Mm -hmm. home with you. Mm -hmm. There's going to be local craft vendors, music, all of that. So um, I think you can contact the museum or you can go to eventbbee.com and get tickets for that too. So and that that's on September fun. 5th? September 5th, yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited because this coming Saturday I'm going to the Discover Museum's gala. Me too. That we've been talking about. Yeah, I'm going too. So we might have some news to report on next week of mm-hmm. how that went over. And yeah. I'm excited about just going out and having a night on the town. Mm-hmm. Help support the museum. Yeah. Well, there's so many more things we can keep promoting. So if you want to share with us of what you want us to promote, let us know. Yeah. Check, check our Instagram or our Facebook, send us a message. I'd love to be able to promote something that somebody contacts me about. That'd be awesome. Partner with the community. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of Iconic Talk. We really hope you learned something. And I know I did from today's episode. So we look forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you're looking for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced and innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. We appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us, and we'd love it if you would take a moment to give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also subscribe or share it with your friends. Absolutely. Until next time, think iconic.